Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited to have you here with us today. We are on a mission to positively impact culture through stories, sports, and serving. We strive to positively change lives for the better, to expose people to stories and situations so that they can relate and know that they're not alone. We love to be able to connect people to people that they may aspire to be similar to, people that they want to know more about, and people that they want to get access to. Uh, and not just people that are always celebrated. We like to celebrate some of the people that are behind the scenes, the unsung heroes, uh, there's so many people doing great things out here in this world. We want to make sure we shine a light as best we can. So. We are excited to empower you through these stories, through these sports, through these situations. And thanks so much for joining us. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe on YouTube at All Access Network. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Please share, like, subscribe, and then share, like, subscribe again. Share with a friend, share with a family member, share with another colleague. Uh, within All Access Network, we believe we have something for everyone. We have sports at all levels. Uh, we're continuing to expand to add new and different uh, shows and topics and um, just a different variety of things that can impact you in a positive way. So we look forward to adding those things. Thank you so much for joining us. I think you will definitely enjoy today. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. All Access Network, you're here. Uh, we always say thanks. We have so much gratitude for you guys being a part of this experience. We have several different opportunities within the network for you to connect. We have uh, things within basketball at all levels of sport right now, uh, from high school to college to junior college to specific conferences. Uh, we have some new developments coming soon. We look forward to sharing those with you. We also have uh, we're starting to build part of the network where we can even connect the female population more to uh, some of the things we'll have. So today we are diving into Women's Empowerment Week. It is Women's Empowerment Week. It is the beginning. We will go all five days in a row of just um, being empowered by women, uh, women that have accomplished things in their career professionally, some that are still in school, some that just finished school. Uh, we'll kind of touch all landscapes uh, for the start of the new year. So excited to have you with us on this Women's Empowerment Week. We This series will be a part of uh, Coach's Corner. They are not all coaches, but uh, that is a part of the series that it'll be a part of. And look from for, excuse me, the spinoff from this Women's Empowerment Series to come soon, led by uh, our director, 
of operations, our public relations director, our Jill of all trades, our executive producer, my cousin, Miss Anitra Burton. So look forward to that. She has some exciting things coming here soon. But in the meantime, today's episode, you will definitely love in this entire series. So thanks so much again, All Access Network. Welcome to All Access Coaches Corner with Rising Coaches. If you haven't been to Rising Coaches website yet, please go to www.risingcoaches.com. Check out all of the awesome features. Uh, we all want to rise in this coaching profession in one way or another, whether it's X's and O's, um, network, job opportunities, knowledge, whatever it may be. Uh, all those things you can get with Rising Coaches, just $10 a month. So definitely check that out. We have a super special guest panel this today with some rising coaching family members that are stars in this uh, Zoom era right now. They're taking over, and uh, I look forward to giving you a, a small intro on them. But since there's some important people that know them just a little better than I do, so I'm going to give them an opportunity to introduce first. So we'll let ladies go first. Juliana, if you don't mind saying a few words about Ashton, and then we'll let Coach Davis say a few words about Aaron. Yeah, so Ashton became the Zoom queen as soon as the coronavirus hit. Um, you know, and what I love about Ashton is she doesn't wait for permission or someone to tell her to do something. She takes initiative, and that's going to take her so far in life. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much for that. And then Coach Davis, if you'll say a few words about Aaron before I introduce him and we get started. <laughs> Man, I've known I've known Aaron since she was what maybe thirteen years old. Um, kind of watched her grow up, make it through college, um, and just turn into a young woman. But through the years, um, she's just been a been a great person, a great teammate. Uh, has evolved to a great friend, someone who uh, I think is just going to be successful in life because of her tenacity. Uh, but more importantly just her enthusiasm, her zest, and how well she gets along with people. Well said, Coach, well said. So uh, just excited. Um, this is our first female guest that we've ever had on Coach's Corner, and I thought it was only right to get some pioneer, uh, world-changing women uh, that are part of the family of Rising Coaches to be our first guest. So super excited. I've gotten to know Erin a little bit closer because she works with rising coaches and keeps all of us out of trouble and in line. And she's, uh, she's definitely done that with me. She's very good at what she does. Uh, she's awesome. She is uh, a light. Both of them are light in this industry, light in, in uh, what they do and how they impact people. And just so selfless, very selfless servant leaders, um, fearless in their own ways. Ashton may be a little more bold with her braids, uh, than, than, uh, than Aaron, who uh, sometimes can be a little more shy and polite about how she's fearless, but she's still fearless nonetheless. Uh, so much respect for both of them and for them to be doing what they're doing at their age in this space in their career. Uh, I just can't wait to see what else they're going to continue to do. And Ashton, I probably uh, have gotten on her nerves a little bit as like a older brother kind of reaching out, like encouraging along the way, sending a message. Uh, I got a chance to attend a few of the women in sports, my very first one, I was so impressed with their chemistry and their um, 
just their feel for this uh, this spotlight to to serve others. And so great at it they are, and have had uh, countless guests, and have really just taken this uh, pandemic Zoom era, uh, as Juliana said, the Zoom queen. Uh, Ashton probably wears that crown, and then uh, slowly, then Aaron snuck in there with her, and they've collaborated and made this power team. So um, I love the fact that uh, both of them are women of Christ, and uh, they love the Lord and want to glorify Him in what they do as well, which will also just be another reason why they're successful. But um, both of them have unique stories. Can't wait to hear more. And I uh, love the fact that Ashton, I didn't actually know this at first, but she's on the, um, she works on the men's side, which I think even more is awesome that she's working on the men's side, but still highlighting women in sports. So anyway, without further ado, I'll let them have some opening words and then we'll get the party started. Either, either one, feel free, whoever wants to go first. Ashton's going to keep that mic on mute. <laughs> you do have to unmute. You, you can't stay on mute, even though I know you probably want to. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, yeah, Gerald's my AAU coach. He's like my dad. So that was, re that was really awesome. Uh, I miss him. I miss seeing him all the time. But yeah, we're, we're super excited to, to be here. Like we said earlier, like super nervous too. So now we know what our uh, guests go through. Yeah, no, this is right. really good. good for you to be on this side of the line. Sorry. But Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. No, Aaron said exactly what I was thinking also, but it's been really, really good, like, during quarantine to have a lot of coaches, administration. But Aaron and I talked about probably, like, four times today. I think this is going to be such a great opportunity for us to, like, be more confident in how we speak and share our story. But Because I think, like, every time somebody shares their story, it helps somebody else out, whether you know it or not. Um, so I'm really excited to get to do this with Aaron, too. Amen. Amen. So the tag team. So tell everyone how you guys met. So I may go out of order a little bit, Ashley. I know you prepared. So don't, don't get frustrated with me, okay? So just tell everybody how you guys met and how you guys kind of uh, hit it off the way you have. Well, I was <laughs> doing Zooms with rising coaches, like Julie said, from like the beginning of quarantine and probably – a month and a half in, we were starting to think like, hey, we've done a lot of coaching, but like we need to get more female perspective, more female coaches. And Brandon had met Aaron through LinkedIn, I think, or something. Aaron called him and they were Adam and Aaron or Adam and Brandon, who are the co-founders of Rising Coaches, were like, you have to call this girl Ashton, like call her now. And it was just like, boom. So we met through the phone. Aaron, you want to add anything? Um. Yeah, I met brandon through a internship boss that i had when i was going to school in buffalo um so like same thing um but yeah then basically i just found rising coaches and was like holy crap this is awesome like this is something that i think like discouraged me from being a coach was just like the inauthentic part of it and the the scariness of it and so then i was like this is awesome, but where are like the females, where are the, the women and, and things like that to, to really look up to and stuff. And then that was when they were like, wait, no. Yeah. Like that's exactly what we want. Like we're, we're looking to grow that and put me in contact with Ashton or they Ashton contacted me. And then, yeah, I literally met on the phone and I think it was like a Wednesday and we had a show Friday. <laughs> it was crazy. Awesome. Yeah. The so crazy. Was, that, was that the first women in sports show? Go ahead. Ashton. Yeah, so the crazy thing is, literally 24 hours before I called Aaron, 
I had contacted three coaches and was like, Hey, we're going to start this thing. I didn't call it women's sports, but I was like, Hey, I want you three on to be female perspectives. Talked to Aaron the next day, came up with the name the next day. And then it was like, bam. And then it just became a weekly thing. So before, tell us what you were doing before, because you said you were doing something before. Obviously, I know about Grow the Game. Is that what you're referring to? So Grow the Game actually probably happened around the same time as Women in Sports. So before I was doing Grow the Game and Women in Sports, I was having just Zoom like network sessions because relationships are like a really big thing for me. So I created like manager and graduate assistant and intern and um, support staff role like networking sessions. And then I was having different coaches on speaking and then I was doing that on my own at the time, kind of putting it together, doing it on my own. Then I met Aaron and it flourished into women in sports. And then I met Jake Sirota, who's at Clemson and it flourished into grow the game. So it was going really well, like on my own, but I think like a key component of it growing as it was, as I found Jake and Aaron and they've helped me tremendously. Awesome. Awesome. And Aaron, so what were you, how did you kind of get linked into where you were available to do the Zooms, if you don't mind me asking, before we kind of get going. Yeah, absolutely. So my life was pretty, I feel like what happened with everyone when COVID happened. So I was actually a graduate assistant at Southern Illinois. Um, Coach Jerry Kill brought me in. He was the athletic director there at the time. Now he's at TCU coaching football. Um, but I arrived at Carbondale and it was great. My parents met there. My, my grandparents lived there. It was a great opportunity. Um, I decided to not be a, like a basketball GA and just be an admin. And I learned so much and worked every home game and it was crazy. And I went home for, I had three days off and I went home and then COVID happened. And then I went to um, just kind of was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And a lot of people that I hadn't been able to really keep in touch with that I had great relationships with, I really just started calling people and reaching out and, um, just catching up with them. And, and that was kind of when I talked to Allie, who put me in touch with Brandon and and then initially um, Ashton. So our first Zoom show, I was at home with in my parents' house um, in Chicago. And then the second show, I was moving out of my house in Carbondale to then move to Denver. And then my third show, I was in Denver. <laughs> so um, I just was all over the place for sure. So it definitely was like, um, a great place to just like be where I was at on those nights and um, do something that, you know, we're so passionate about. So it was, it was awesome. It was a freak show. It is awesome. <laughs> so Ashton, how, how did you actually come up with the name? How did you ladies actually come up with the name? Was it easy? Did the first show, did you have a name? Did you evolve that as it went or how did that go? We, I love the simplicity of women in sports because at first we were trying to like throw names in there. So we were like empowering women in sports. We were like (laughs) fierce women in sports and we're like, this is just not working. And so we just like ended up women in sports. And so that was like our fifth, fifth try. But like, I think we were like so focused on like this catchy name that was going to get everybody. But in actuality, like the name doesn't matter. It's what we bring to the table and who we bring on and like what we're giving to people. Um, so the name we like struggled for probably three or four hours and then we're just like women in sports. 
it was like women in sport <laughs> for like the longest time we couldn't like we couldn't marry like we weren't married to the s we were like i don't know but then we had like this awesome graphics team that was like spitting out all these graphics and doing these really cool backdrops and stuff and like there was an s on there and so we were like it's a sign like let's just women in sports like women in all sports we don't want it to just be basketball like women's basketball we want it to be every walk of life um every type of area in the sports industry so the, yeah. the s the s made the cut <laughs> we wanted it to be inclusive for sure and the rest is history so tell us a little bit about so let's go background wise let's go uh we'll start with family and then also if you can tell us just something funny either zoom or non-zoom that's happened during this quarantine and then tell us a little bit about just your family in general either one can go first you got it. <laughs> okay. Um, so kind of like what I said, I was in the middle of a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I absolutely love my family. I'm really, really, really close to my parents. I'm the baby. I have an older brother who is has a bunch of kids and has his own family and stuff. Um, so quarantine, actually, it's really funny. I love my family so much. I like decided to not stay there because I have this fear of like, if I stay at my house for too long, I will like grow roots, live there forever, never leave. Just the way my parents like love me so well and take care of me and, and things like that. Um, so that was kind of, I was like, if, if I stay here for all of quarantine, if I stay here for more than a week, I will end up living here. So, um, I decided to move to Denver. So, <laughs> so that, that's, that's been my quarantine story for sure. Awesome. What about you, Ash? Yeah, quarantine was really good. So I've been back in Lawrence since the middle of June. So I haven't been home in a while. But for me, the past three summers since I graduated high school, I filled it with camps. So quarantine was the first time in like four years that I'd been at home that long. And so that was like really, really good. And like my background, my dad has been a coach for over 30 years. He coached collegiately. He's been at the high school level the past uh, 11. And so that was even so good to like get to be at home with him every day because while he was coaching in college, like I didn't get to see him a lot, even in high school, like I was playing my sports, he was on the road a lot. So like, that was a really good bonus. And my family is just really tight knit. Like we have a family group chat. We text in it a lot of times during the day, you know, my grandma might call me once a day, maybe twice a day. I'm FaceTiming her like this morning, my grandpa FaceTimed me and like I was reading in the Bible and he happened to be reading in the same the same passage. And so we talked about that for like 30 minutes before I got to go to school today. So quarantine was really, really good. But like looking back, it's not funny, but it's just like a reminder that there's a lesson in everything. I was on Zoom so much that I think I could have spent more time with my family. So I think that's something like if I were to go home for like Thanksgiving or Christmas, like shutting off the computer, just knowing like that work-life balance. And that's something I like I've still been growing in, but I really enjoyed quarantine. But definitely I think I could have spent some more time, but luckily we had, my grandma was cooking dinner every night. So we ate dinner together every night. So quarantine was really a blessing, even though all the bad happened, but there was a lot of good too. Yeah. I think that's what we continue to learn as coaches, how to make good out of situations that may not be good. So, uh, and then the work life balance never ends, whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, whether you're, whether you have extended family or family that's close by, I think that's awesome. You have a group chat. Uh, shout out to grandma and grandma, grandpa for being in the group chat and knowing how to FaceTime. I love it. Um, 
yeah, definitely. The quarantine's been uh, – we've all found some good in it. So, love, love to hear those stories. So, tell us a little bit about um, – I know we have a former player here in Aaron, and I'm a former player as well. And I know you're still in school. Aaron just finished school. Tell us a little bit about just your basketball background, how your love for the game grew. Uh, tell us about playing for Coach Davis a little bit, sprinkle that in there, and then uh, how you ended up um, being at – uh, on the men's side at Kansas. Tell us a little bit about, we'll let whoever go first. All right. All you okay. Yes. So I started out, um, I played three sports in high school. So I definitely like didn't play year round basketball, but I was doing like basketball, volleyball, soccer. Um, and I got the opportunity out of high school. I had a scholarship to an NAI school called Evangel. And so um, like, like I said, my dad was a coach my whole life. I knew I was going to be a coach since I was like six years old. I wanted to be like my dad. And I was always that kid. I wasn't super talented, but I could teach my teammates the plays and I knew how to communicate. And like, I was energetic. So I brought those, um, intangibles like to the team. So I got a chance to play first weekend. I get injured. I end up having spine surgery first week of college. And it was just a very hard first semester. So I ended up um, withdrawing from Evangel and transferring to a different NAI to play, finished out my red shirt um, my sophomore year, got cleared, got hurt again, ended up walking away from the game, and then found Missouri Baptist in St. Louis my second semester of my sophomore year. And it's so crazy because I, I ended up transferring three times. You know, my third transfer was to Kansas. Now I've been here two years. It's been really good. But when I went to MOBAP, I was injured. I was out of shape and I still got a scholarship. So I got three chances to play collegiately. And so I, I'm like super thankful for that, but it's almost crazy to wrap my head around that people kept giving me that opportunity. But um, something that coach Pearson at Missouri Baptist said was that, you know, that basketball IQ was always there. And for me um, at MOBAP, I played maybe like 30 minutes. I think that's being generous. I don't even know if I played 30 minutes that final semester of basketball um, but he really gave me a voice. Like as soon as I stepped on campus, I was talking in practice, you know, I was talking to the team about what we could do. And so I, I really am thankful for my playing career because I think that truly elevated me to my manager role at Kansas. And so I'm so thankful, but I knew that like, it was a huge leap of faith coming to Kansas, but I tell everybody I was led here for more than just basketball. I ended up getting baptized this past December, like found Jesus, gave my life to him. And so like, it has been during quarantine, like it's been such a good um, time of transformation, like the past 12 months and even like the, the past 12 weeks, um, there's been so much growth and like that mindset. And so um, it's been really, really good. And like no turning back. I have two more years here at KU, but um, I've been like getting more involved in my campus ministry on campus. And like, that's been something that's been a switch for me is that, you know, basketball is always going to be here, but at the end of the day, you know, there's more to life. And so for me, um, that's like you said, being a light, like we're called to be a light. And so I'm trying to do that, but that's kind of my part of my story. Do I have to go? I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> um, wow. Ash, I love you. I literally love you so much. Oh, crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's hard to follow. Um, so I kind of same thing. I played a bunch of different sports. Um, I grew up in a suburb of Chicago, about 40 minutes from downtown. And I just always, always from like a super young age, just kept going to basketball, kept wanting to be around basketball. 
Um, I was really good at, um, at volleyball. So it was like kind of an in between volleyball and basketball, but, um, I decided basketball, I could hit people and be really physical and I could just communicate and talk. And I don't know, I just like felt so alive and in great playing. Um, obviously Chicago is like shameless plug greatest basketball city of all times. Um, and so it was just all around all the time. I played out in um, Naperville for a little bit and we were just the only girls team at this gym that had a bunch of boys teams. And it was like, basically like a brother, um, one of the dads, um, all like basically our team was all compiled of like little, like siblings, the little sisters of some of the, like our brothers that played for the club team, um, ended up being really good. Went to state AAUs all the time, beat up everybody. We were bigger than everybody. Um, my dad actually used to watch JD coach because Chicago hoops express is a high school program. Now it it has merged and they have kind of a younger feeder team. But at the time, um, I was just, um, they, we would all be in like similar tournaments and my dad just like loved watching the way JD coached. Um, he's just so interactive, so involved, um, teaches and, and just communicates super well, super clearly, Um, and I was deathly afraid of him. I was like, no way. Nope. And I was like somebody where I was like, I knew what I wanted. And I said that, and I was like, absolutely not. And so, um, I was kind of ready to phase out of the, the daddy ball thing and, um, knew in fourth grade, I wanted to play college basketball. And I was like, this is my goal. Had it written down, looked at it every day. Um, Candace Parker was from Naperville. And so I had been able to watch her Tennessee, Pat Summit, all of that. Um, and then my dad actually one morning woke me up super early, got me in the car, got my gym clothes. And all of a sudden I show up at, um, JD's practice. I didn't even know what it was. And he was like, all right. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what, what is this? Um, I wasn't old enough to play for him yet. So I was super confused, literally had no idea why I was there. Um, I just, I practiced, that was the thing. It didn't matter like where I was, who I was with. I always, worked super hard, was super communicate, like had, I don't even know. I don't, I feel like I have no energy anymore because I just had, I left it out on the court all the time. And yeah, so met JD and um, I wasn't old enough to play for him yet. So he was like, you can come practice and then you can like play for the feeder team. And I did not like the feeder team because they were like my original team's rivals all the time. And so I was like, nope, not going to play for them. Sorry. Um, and so basically we just had, um, this really cool arrangement and and thankfully my parents are very open and and honest and and truthful people. And we basically just went to, um, another team and told them, Hey, like she just needs somewhere to play for a year. Um, and everyone was kind of knew what was going on and and happened to be the Bolingbrookers, which had a bunch of girls go to UConn and amazing feeder program as well. Chris Smith, um, was great. And that was really a momentum changing, um, season for me. I just got to really get out of my comfort zone and, and learn how to actually play basketball, um, as well as practicing with JD and the way that man runs practices. We were, you know, I was in seventh grade playing with, you know, some of the best girls in the state of Illinois. Um, all of us practicing together, all of us against each other. Um, it was just, it was incredible. And then, um, his goal always is to, not have parents pay for college. And, and that's exactly what happened. So um, I ended up committing it to Evansville, um, University of Evansville, and went there for a few years. Um, 
bas- the coaching life happened. Uh, my head coach got fired. They um, gave someone else the job. Wasn't an ideal place. Wasn't a healthy environment and just really didn't feel like that was somewhere that I wanted to stay. Um, I don't think we need to get through our days. I think we, we get the chance to have, you know, our lives every day. And I just didn't, didn't want to be unhappy. Um, and so JD was just, he was my rock all the time. So I call him crying, call him, you know, all of those things come home. Um, I thought I was going to quit basketball. I was like, you know what? Like, I just want to go to college. Like I loved school and, um, he was like, okay, so if I drive down to Evansville and look you in the eye and ask you if you are okay, never playing basketball again, like you'll, you'll tell me yes. And I was like, all right, JD, what, what do we do? Where can I go next? Like that was an absolute like, no, because I did really, um, truly love the game and going division one and seeing how many people don't love it is really sad. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to be with people that wanted to play hard and, and work hard and, and win, um, and have fun. And so I ended up getting contacted by a D2 in Buffalo, New York, had never in my life been there, had a bunch of like different visits kind of lined up after that. And I thought I had learned through like my recruiting experience. Like I know exactly what to look for. Like everyone knows, like, you know, exactly what to look for, you know, you know, all the stuff. Um, and so I was very like skeptical and, uh, coach banker at Damon was just, um, she was great and she was straight up and she was like, this is how it is. And she was a new coach too. Um, not, not in the sense of like years, she had been, had a very, very, very successful, um, high school career. And then, um, her daughter was actually going to come and be the assistant coach. Her daughter had a very similar story to me of just, you know, was down and out, needed to get picked up. Um, just had, had a rough, uh, college experience. And so, um, I told her I wasn't going to commit. I was like, I have a few more visits. I'm going to, you know, look at all my options, be super, um, clear. And then I ended up, I flew back to Evansville and I had to finish up my semester and things like that. Um, I was in a layover in Chicago and called her and was like, all right, I'm committing. <laughs> like, and there was just really something about, you know, I just like, I felt, I felt like I needed to be there. I felt wanted, I felt, you know, just very much like this is, this is where I, I want to be. Things like that um, got out there and she was my first female coach, uh, like head coach and coaching staff. And that for me was really hard. Um, I had always had men. Um, my mentors were all men. Um, my great coaches, people in my lives that are super just helpful and great people. They were, they were all men. I never had women really um, besides my mom. And so for her to, to like love me super well and, and super hard, um, she really pushed me and she doesn't yell either. So I went from like Gerald Davis to anybody just go to a gym, <laughs> you'll, you'll know what Cordy's on. Um, and then went from like coach banger who like whispers, like we always used to like try not to laugh because sometimes she's just so not loud. But yeah, and so went there. Um, I unfortunately got injured really bad my junior year. Um, the last game of before uh, conference started, um, blew out my ankle. It was, I should have just broke it, but I, yeah, blew everything out and was out for a really long time. Uh, so lost my junior year and then went into my senior year. Um, kind of tweaked it in uh and over the summer, the last couple of weeks going into preseason. So that wasn't cool. And then just kind of, that was really where I was like, 
basketball is something that I loved and something that I want to be involved with the rest of my life and, and things like that. And so I think being injured and having different responsibilities and, and my coach still like pedal to the metal, like you are our leader, like you're here for this. Like I was like, coach, no one wants to hear like the injured player on the sidelines, like yell, run faster. Like I would punch her in the face, like no way. And she was like, no, no, no. Like just keep going. Like it was, it was not, not always the smoothest. I, I fought her on a lot of things, but um, yeah. And so my senior year, like I just wanted to be the best. I wanted my team to love each other. And, and that's what I would, I would really talk about that a lot. And a lot of people like, they were like this, this girl's so weird. Like the senior, like she keeps asking us like go to lunch and, and she made us breakfast and like, I'm bringing, you know, things like that. But I just really tried to love my teammates and, and try to explain to them that this will never be something that they get back and that they need to enjoy every second of it. So long story short, that is just my career. And I graduated and was just super, super thankful for it. And yeah, it was great. Well said, well done, well done. Both of you have experience transferring and overcoming injuries. So definitely adaptable, definitely um, both people that have shown they can rise back and bounce back from adversity. So those things don't, they don't, you don't need those in your career at all, your life. So don't worry about it. No, those are, those are both awesome qualities. I'm sure you guys connected on that pretty quickly too. So it kind of goes to your chemistry and your natural kind of unspoken uh, sisterhood that you have that's so easy and everybody else can see and it's so obvious. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, the places that you both work, Kansas and Rising Coaches. Uh, just tell us one thing that makes Kansas special, if you had to say a special place, and one thing that makes Rising Coaches a special place in any order. I think Rising Coaches is great because it is is just a environment that is uplifting. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, you, you come as you are and they really just accept anyone and everyone. Um, it's been, it's been super great to be a part of something that there, there are no steps to follow before me. Um, I'm really kind of, you know, taking laying like Adam and Brandon and Andy and all of them, they're just, they're laying the groundwork and, and I'm, you know, trying to, they've given me the ability to, to find my place and, and help in all ways and to have an opinion and, um, to be organized. I love organizing things. I love, um, you know, the operation side of things. And so it's, it's been really cool. Just like the inclusiveness and just the way that they have really just like still pushed me, even though like, I've literally never met them like in person essentially, which is like, literally we talk about all the time. We're like, this is crazy. Like we, I, we literally don't know. They, they asked me how tall I was and I was like, yeah, I'm like 5'11". <laughs> it was so funny, but yeah, it's just, there's nothing like rising coaches. And, and so for it to be something so new, it's been great to really be a part of that. Awesome. So well said. Couldn't agree more. That was really good, Aaron. Good job. You're killing it. Um, for me, I don't know if there's a specific like one word, but when I think of Kansas basketball, I think of empowerment and like the coaches empowering the players to be the best they can be on and off the court, like the best version of themselves. Like we, um, we work, you know, our two goals is winning a national championship and personal growth. And it's not just the players or the coaches, like the coaches are pushing the managers to be the best. And so for me, 
this is such a great environment because, you know, maybe I'm tired one day. Well, I've got three managers, um, John, Jack, and Jaden that are doing everything to the best of their ability. So if I'm tired one day, they're pushing me to be the best. If they're tired one day, I'm pushing them to be the best. And so I think that I have the best job in the world right now because I get to work with people that are going to lift me up. Like Aaron said, that are going to empower me. And um, when I, you know, if I get to be a head coach one day, if I get to coach collegiately, like whatever I'm doing, I want to be a person that cares about, you know, my, um, my staff's like goals. And so Kansas does that. They know I want to be a coach. And so they've given me responsibility and they've given me this opportunity. So I think, you know, this is my dream, dream job. You, you're going to ask that later. Like, what's our dream job? Like I'm living it like right now. So I don't know if that answered. Awesome. Big time answers. I don't even know. I, I feel like I need to just pat, get out of the way and let you guys talk the rest of the way. You guys have such great answers, um, making it easy for me. So tell us about, so, so rising coaches, you have, we'll say, Brandon, you can say one thing about Brandon, one thing about Andy, one thing about Adam. That way we spread out to three. And then three things about Coach Self that just makes, um, you know, both of you talked about being in pretty elite situations. Those situations work-wise don't come up every day. So what makes those leaders that you work for, what would you say make them great or make them elite? <laughs> um. Yeah, so Adam, I think, is just like one word. I don't even know. I feel like I wrote one down. He is super creative. That's two words, but he's super creative, um, which is great, I think, in the the situation of like rising coaches being so groundbreaking and, and being something that has never really been a thing before. And so for for him to be, you know, so willing to just throw out things and these ideas and really just run with them. Uh, it's been great. Brandon to me, he helps me so much, but he basically, he just like asks me how I am all the time. He's like, how, how are you doing? Like, I don't really care all of this stuff that we need done or whatever. Like they, him, like every, like all of them, they really are just like, how are you first kind of people, which is just incredible. And they actually want to know how I am, um, which has been awesome. And then Andy haven't really gotten to talk with him that much. Um, just because with like timing and things like that. And when, when he obviously being a full-time coach and things like that. Um, but he always sports rising coaches or women in sports, sorry. Um, and things like that. So he, um, has been a good like resource like that way, just like sending us people and, and, um, like being a part of the action coming in on some of our episodes and stuff. So. Awesome. They're good people. Echo that. Uh, for me, um, I think three things like first thing is relationships. And so that's a big thing for me, but coach self like really embodies that. And it's really, he talks to anybody and everybody on campus. You know, there was something that went out on Twitter a few weeks ago, a lady, she was like, nobody ever talked to me at KU. Um, you know, I always walk down the halls, like you know, not a lot of people said hi, but coach self, every time he sees me stops and says hi ask me how I'm doing. And so for me, that's huge too. You know, I think after a game we, we had lost, it was, it was in a great game. You know, when you lose, it's not good. And coach self. So was like, Hey Ash, how are you doing? And every time he asks, like, he doesn't want a fake response. Like he wants to know how you're doing for real. And even when I was coming to KU and transitioning from player to manager, before I even said, yes, he's like, are you sure you're ready for this? Like, 
you have your whole life to hang up, you know, to be a coach, do you want to hang up your shoes? So he cares about the person and he cares about our players. And another thing would be embracing your role. And that's, you know, whether you're a walk-on, you're a scholarship player, you're a manager, you're our support staff, you're our assistant coaches, like he expects the best from everybody all the time. And I think that's what separates him. I mean, he's a hall of fame coach. And I think that just the way he cares about people and the expectations, um, those un, uh, unspoken expectations as well, like getting things done as a family. And then the third thing I would say is probably like response. And so his response to everything, like at every school I've been at, I'm thinking, okay, if I was the coach, what would I do in the situation? And, you know, at some of the places, you know, I might be like, Hey, I'm not going to do that when I'm a coach, I might do it this way, but that's never happened with coach self because his response to everything is so well thought out. It's always team first, you know, it's not about the outside people. It's about, you know, KU men's basketball first. And so I think those are three things uh, that he does well. He's a great leader and he cares about people. That's all I got. I might have been frozen for a second. Okay. Very good answers. Very good. Very good. Very in-depth. I love it. Um, I won't take too much time. I'll just keep going to the next question. So tell us a little bit about the staff, anybody that you work with. I know you mentioned – uh, some other managers, tell us about them. Uh, we know the coaching staff is great, obviously, uh, Big 12 coaches, and you talked about Coach Self, but tell us about some of the unsung heroes on the staff, and same for you, Aaron. Yeah, man, you already know I work with a great coaching staff, but my managers are unbelievable. Like I said, John Felton, Jack Lombardo, Jaden Gard. Um, so I'm the lone girl this year on the staff. Last year, um, I had our co-head manager, Lexi Price, was on um, staff with us, but now I'm the only girl, and Man, it has been so good. Uh, before workouts began, we were in the office a month and a half before, so it was just us four. So we're definitely, like, working well together, but it's, you know, that family aspect, you know, showing up every day. Um, we have three pillars, and, like, part of it is, like, creating experiences. And so we're not just working together, but, you know, we're creating experiences together and becoming close friends and I get to work with those guys from 8.30 in the morning till 7 p.m. at night, and it's just been so good. They're, they're like three brothers to me. I would recommend them for any job. Um, they're incredible people. They have great work ethics, and they just treat people well. And so that's the whole point of basketball and in any industry is to serve people well, and I work with three guys that serve people well every single day. Yeah, those spots are not easy to serve people well and not get the – glory or the pat on the back or uh, I know you work with great coaches that probably give them some uh, encouragement and, and acknowledgement along the way but those are kind of like in their own way the offensive lineman type of job or the sixth man you just don't always get the same recognition um, so tell us this real quick before we switch to Aaron when you say the staff so you I'm assuming that you're the head manager of your position or how does that work? No, so I am not the head manager. So John um, Felton that I mentioned is the head manager. So this is his fourth year on staff. So some of the requirements, it's your third year. Um, you have to be with the program for three years before your head manager. So this is my second year with the program. But my head manager, John, like I said, they all lead well, but he leads extremely well. And he um, gives us a ton of encouragement and really like we, I can count the, like on my hands, the amount of times we've messed up, but like when we mess up, it's not screaming in your face, that kind of leadership, you know, we're embracing our failure, understanding where we went wrong, 
coming up with a plan of action for how we're going to improve. And so I think he does a great job of that. He's only been head manager for three months now, but he, he does a great job of, Hey, we messed up. Here's how we're going to improve and not mess up again, but really embracing that. And I, he leads well, he leads by his action, not his word. Yeah. I love that. Embrace, understand and make a plan. That's really good. Um, tell us one more thing on that. Do do you guys did you guys come up with the pillars that you talked about as no. or is that a part of the, the the bigger program? Yeah, so I will I will pull this up, but we have something in our um, equipment room that a manager came up with, and it's squad goals. So it's one, don't embarrass the program. Two, be on time. Three, work ethic. Four, effort. Five, body language. Six, energy. Seven, attitude. Eight, be coachable. Do extra be prepared, don't be soft, passion. So those are kind of our manager pillars, but the pillars that I brought up, um, Coach Q on our staff, um, he came up with those. And so I, there's a culture question you have later on, so I can like go more in depth about that, but that's kind of our KU vision. But us as managers, we're roped into that. Like Coach Q sat down at the beginning of the year last year, talked to us for 45 minutes on how we – as managers make an impact for us to win a national championship. And I thought that was huge. That's awesome. Yeah, very much can be underappreciated roles and, and again, no limelight, um, kind of long hours, you know, unappreciated. So awesome that you guys are getting so much love and, and have so much of a, a vision and plan for what you're doing. It makes sense how uh, national championships are won. So Aaron, another tough act to follow, but we know you'll do great. Yeah, oh my goodness. So, yeah, literally, I think um, the coolest thing so far has just been once again, like they, I just like am handed a lot of confidence and constant, you know, just go with it. I think I've always, I'm a rule follower. I'm somebody that like, tell me what to do and I'll do it and go above and beyond and make it better and all of this other thing and like all this other stuff. But when it comes to something that is so new and like Adam, like really is just like kind of a one man show obviously has like help from Andy Brandon, like everyone else that's like founded rising coaches. But the biggest thing is like, how cool is it for me to work for somebody who like stepped away from the coaching profession because of his like willingness to impact and help so many other coaches that then like that trickle down effect is just, insane. And, and for me, it's like, that's been the biggest, um, thing that I've never really, I I've seen so many coaches affect people in like the wrong way that, you know, rising coaches is just something that like is so for building people up and kind of breaking the stigma of the coaching industry. Um, so kind of just my, my job is, I basically, I just came in and it was like, this is what we want to do. And Adam was like, we have no organization. Like they had an organization, but he's being dramatic. He's like, we have no organization. We have no systems. There's no, you know, like he was operating at a level that I was just like, how do you sleep at night? How do you do all of these things? Um, and stuff like that. So I basically just came in and was like, this is how I think it, this is going to work. And let's see. Um, I was very apprehensive, very timid at first. Um, I didn't, any little thing that came up, I was like, Hey, how should I handle this? Like to Brandon or Adam, like, Hey, what should I say back to this? Um, and they really were just like, Aaron, like we trust you and you 
know what you're doing and what you, you like, you know. Um, so just do what you think is best. Um, and just the way that they just like have included me and really taken me in and then just valued. Um, I sometimes think I don't do enough um, or don't do like a good enough job just because there isn't that like, there's no, you know, we don't have squad goals yet. We don't have these pillars that have been created because we're building, you know, brick by brick right now. Um, but the biggest thing for me is just like, if you look at like, you know, a nice wall, like bricks are all put in a perfect organized way. And that's what makes a strong wall. And my biggest thing is not just like, you know, throwing things on there and then adding some concrete and thinking that that's going to, you know, be a structure. And I just really like, they believe in themselves and I believe in them and they believe in me. And it's just, um, one of those things that I just, it, it's great. And so, um, the people behind like the unsung heroes, there's so many of them. And I've literally, I couldn't even tell you who they are. The biggest one I work with is Emily Drake. Um, she's one of our interns. She just graduated um, this past year and um, same thing, Brandon had a connection and, and she wants to be in events. And so basically just like they provide us with this opportunity to just keep going. Um, obviously sports by the world were deemed non-essential. And so for me, I was like, okay, that's my calling away. Like, awesome. Like, you know, let me go, you know, do something else. Um, and it's just been such a blessing to keep my foot in the door and then to not only keep my foot in the door, but then get like the door open for me and get invited to sit at tables and be in rooms and have conversations with people that I never in my life, you know, losing my graduate, like graduate assistantship, like, you know, just moving to a city to live here and, you know, find myself for the next year or until sports are deemed, you know, safe and all of that, um, to just be able to have the opportunity. Um, but yeah, Adam and Brandon, like they, they're just incredible. Rising coaches has been the the greatest thing ever. And, um, it's hard for me to talk about some things because there's so much big coming. And so there's secrets. Um, so just everyone behind the scenes doing everything that you guys know you're doing is so awesome. And, and it's so cool to just, um, be a part of, but yeah, I just, I try to just lay bricks, super organized and, you know, do things the right way. Um, yeah, it's, it's been super, it's been super difficult because I feel like the customer service part of things is what I wasn't good at. And what I never thought, like working in the sports industry, like customer service, like I'm working with a bunch of coaches. I'm like, okay, why, why can't you get this right? Like, would you expect this from your players? No. So sometimes I'm like, why are you doing this? It's also like, we're providing a service and we want people to, you know, feel invited and feel loved and like, don't need me yelling at them. So sometimes I have to get reeled back. So I'm like, you wouldn't, you would expect this from your player. Like, why can't I expect it from you? So, um, so yeah, lots of unsung heroes, lots of growth and crazy things that are happening. Um, but yeah, but, but just the, the greatest support and we are, we are just like organized chaos for sure behind the scenes. So it's, it's been incredible though. And, and just the feedback, like it's really like just the most genuine place and the genuine people that I've, I've had the chance to work and to help. Yeah. Well said. I don't think it's organized chaos because they, we have you, so you, it may have been chaos before, but because of you, it's now organized. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the essential workers for rising coaches and for Kansas basketball are you two. So salute to you and all that you do. I know it's uh, 
you know, it's a thankless job sometimes what both of you do and how you serve and how you invest and how you set other people up for success so willingly, consistently is not easy to do. So salute to you both. Love that you shared all that. Um, and the alignment for both of you sounds like it's the right fit for you to be the best version of yourselves, which is what we're all looking for, right? A place where we can be valued, be believed in, believe in others, know that we're a part of something, but know that what we bring to the table is valuable. So uh, before we close on both these two topics and kind of open up for some quick audience questions and then get to the second half, uh, what are, what's one thing that you love about the organizations you work in these three categories, operationally, creatively, and culturally? And any one of you can go, we'll just go, we'll go operationally first and both of you will go, then we'll go um, culturally last and in the middle we'll go creatively. So operationally, what's one thing you love? I think operationally for us is the communication. And I think from the coaches to the players, to our management staff, to the equipment staff, to our administration, we all communicate at a very high level. And I think that's how we operate at such a high level is because there is key communication with everything that we do. Um, for me, I think the things I love operationally about rising coaches is probably just the creativity that it's like, this is the end product. This is what we want. This is what we want to give people. And so having, um, obviously operations is all that I'm doing for them. And so for me, like, I love being organized. I love planning things. I love taking notes and, having Excel sheets and signups and places to go. I'm somebody where like, if I were to do this, like what would hinder me? And so what do I not want to be an excuse for someone to like, not want to sign up for something or not want to be a part of this or just the way to make life easier. And that is rising coaches. It's just a place to like, there's not, you know, you can read books, you know, things like that um, about how people did it so many years ago, but it's just like, operationally like I just love the way that it kind of lays things out for a profession that you know you don't go to school for coaching yet I know it's gonna happen you can minor in it and things like that but there there is no coaching degree yet and so it's a place that like we are a coaching degree like we help people become better at such a such an un unchartered uh sometimes really scary profession well said. Well said. We'll say that you answered both operationally and creatively. So we'll go next creatively to uh, Ashton, and then we'll come back in Ashton. Then you follow with culturally, and then we'll end with you, Aaron, with culturally. I would say creatively, it's like I went earlier empowerment, and so like by our coaches empowering us as individuals, we're getting the opportunity to kind of share our light do like what we want to do and be the best version of ourselves. So I think creatively, like I have an idea. I tell our coaches we're running with it. You know, our players have an idea. Um, like say our players right now, like social injustice, say our players want to host something or, you know, have a movie night or read a book as a team, like our coaches are empowering them. And so creatively we're all getting to, you know, be the best version of ourselves. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then for culture, I'll pull up our pillars again because it's something I have in my wallet. We have like little index cards that Coach Q made. We have it hanging up in our locker room. And so 
like I said earlier, our KU vision is winning a national championship and personal growth. And so how we do that is showing up, taking ownership and experiences. And then we have like this, it's kind of like the Olympic circles. And so we have alignment. You're not going to be able to see that. I'll say it. We have alignment, culture, and leadership. And so we're going to align as a team by, you know, partnering with each other, the same beliefs, you know, no side streets. So we're going to be loyal to our teammates, loyal to our coaching staff, loyal to the other managers, and then leadership. And so huge word for us at KU is empowering. Like I said, you know, setting good examples, promoting growth, uplifting others. And we, and something that's huge. And coach Q says this every day, all of our coaches do. We rise when we work together and we lift each other up. So as a team collectively, that's how we're going to have growth and like, you know, excel at our goals is by lifting each other up and then speak and listen, right. Um, serve others first, honesty, finish strong, and just a teeny bit more. So something I love about our culture, you know, when the well runs dry, we got to dig a little deeper. If someone, you know, is down in the trenches, you know, maybe has a bad day, maybe they, you know, didn't have a great game. You know, they didn't have the stats they wanted. Well, we're picking them up physically, emotionally, metaphorically, and, you know, we're going to carry them and help them out because they would do the same for us if we were down. Absolutely. Wow. I feel like I have a, I have a year of eligibility. I might just try out for the KU men's team right quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or, or you just know. Oh, I love it. When um, Ashton's a head coach. You just know you may want to go play for her. So true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Culturally, I think um, rising coaches has been, they like just the experience I've had of it. it I feel like sometimes we step into to relationships and situations where it's like, what can you do for me? And then like, you're already, at like they're already at a level of like established um like they're they're grown men where like I am you know finishing my master's degree like out of college and they are like how can we help you and then not only just how can they help you to just like their people but how can we help you to anyone that needs it um that that's really how I feel culturally like at rising coaches it's always like they know that like this potentially could just be a stepping stone. Like they're the first people to be like, she's a free agent. Like we love her and we want to keep her forever and to grow this company like with her, but also like Aaron, like go figure out what you truly love. Like go get experience in things that you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get a coaching job anytime soon. It's just the climate of it. It's what's going on right now. So it's like, how can I now, apply things? How can we get you connected with people? How can we empower you to have conversations with people that are in the positions that you potentially might want to be in? And so it's like, you know, they, they're always just doing that, not only for me, but everyone around them. They don't necessarily see the benefit from themselves, like initially, which I feel like a lot of people really do. It's like, well, how, how, how can you help me, you know, um, or, or what can you do for me first? Um, which has just been really great. And then another part of it is just finally empowering coaches during a time like this, where there's been centuries of injustice. There's been, you know, these social issues that before a lot of people can see them and say, oh, it doesn't affect me. And they're in a position to say, but it does. It's affecting people that, you know, you need as in your players or 
people you need or in, in love around you. Like it might not be affecting you, but um, they have the ability to create this platform for people to share their experiences and then challenge people to like, how are you, you know, stepping up to the, the challenge of, you know, having an opinion on these things, having, um, you know, making decisions, not just, you know, letting things go by, which I think as white men is incredible. Um, because I think we need allies everywhere, especially in that, um, demographic. That's the right word, but yeah. So well said. said. I think the, uh, the part for both of you, and I, I think Aaron, maybe even more so for you because you're not in school and you're in this transition phase and you're helping build and create something really, uh, really powerful, not only with women in sports, but also with rising coaches. But uh, we talk about this as coaches all the time to our players and not only with our players, but as coaches, not looking for the next job, but just being great where your feet are. And I think that's something that if I've ever seen someone embody that and walk in that, it's definitely working alongside. I've seen the Coach Davis side of you a couple of times in some texts, and I'm like, man, I don't want to ever get that response again. So I'm like, on my game early. I might, I might have become the second most organized person because I don't want to get the Coach Davis in you to come out. So uh, I've definitely learned how to be on my P's and Q's. You've done a great job and um, absolutely love that part of the story. Well, let's do this. Let's open up for three or four questions from the room before we get uh, – get going and go to the second half. And we'll start with Jacob. All right, I have two questions. The first one, um, Aaron, I mean, Ashton, you, you, you specifically, how have you made the time for church events and spiritual events in the busy life of a manager lifestyle initially? Yeah, I think it's all about like where you set your priorities. So I think when I first came on campus last year, you know, I was working 15 hours a day, you know, unofficially, you know, just working a lot of hours a day. And I was still, you know, attending a campus ministry meeting like every Tuesday, but it wasn't like I was being intentional, but it was like, hey, I'm going to this, but what am I doing outside of my time? So really like quarantine, like my faith grew exponentially and like really like it was about, hey, like basketball is important and being a manager is extremely important, but being a disciple of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus is more important. And so, you know, every day I go to work at eight 30, you know, I get off, but like, you know, I get into work at eight 30 and, you know, I do all my tasks so I can take off lunch. And yesterday I went up on campus up on the Hill and, you know, did some campus outreach for 30 minutes and, you know, I could have ate lunch then, but you know, that's where I wanted to spend my time. And it's just, I really think it's the pace of your life. And like, for a while I was in a hurry and always rushing, but like now I'm like, Hey, you don't have to be in a hurry. You don't have to fill up your plate. You know, we, we all have 24 hours in the day. So what are, where are you spending your time? And for me, it's important that I spend my time with those people in the campus ministry and, you know, also advancing the kingdom. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's just been really big for me. And basketball is a bridge to do that. You know, it's how I act at work. It's how I, you know, talk to people I work with other coaches in the conference, like being a light isn't just about your words and like going to a meeting or going to church, but it's about what, what are you doing outside of those events as well? Do I have to answer that? <laughs> I, think you, I, think you, I think your question is different, but big time, big time okay. answer, which is again, 
part of the reason why you're shining so much light and making so much impact that you have as a Zoom queen. Uh, we appreciate that uh, your your true spirit and your heart. That's awesome. Jacob, what was your second question before we change? Yes, yeah, just what are, what are some books you guys have been reading um, the last last few weeks, last few months? That was a fun question. I like to get new books added to my list. Now they said they're not going to answer if you're not going to read it. You can't just be getting books just so you can just write it down and not actually read it. You know, there's going to be a quiz. I'll, I'll, I'll read them. Yes. <laughs> um, the top of my list right now is um Julie's book. So uh plugged it earlier definitely go check it out um her new ball of psych book the art of bracing embracing adversity uh, i just saw her saturday and, and made sure to order it but um what is the other book why can't i think of i took the paper cover off so i don't see the title oh it's right here um so what's so amazing about grace i'm almost done with it um it's absolutely incredible i think grace is um it's by philip yancey Grace is something that's very confusing. Um, I kind of like similar to Ashton, I came into my faith later in life and um, I, I say it on my own, but not really on my own, but it just like, I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up um, going to church and, and knowing, you know, faith and, and things like that. And so I think that's the hardest to understand grace from that angle. Um, so yeah. So what's so amazing about grace has just been something I, I get tired when I read, so I do it at night and I make sure I like don't watch TV and things like that. Um, so it's, it's been a good one. Thank you. A couple of books I've been reading lately, Walk On by Alan Williams. So I've already read that, but I always read it because it's a really, really good one about um, a guy who was a walk on at Wake Forest and just kind of the struggles he went through. I wasn't a walk-on, but I definitely went through a lot of adversity as a player my first two seasons. And so it really like connected with me on a deeper level. And then another one is Raise Your Game by Alan Stein. I love that one. It gives you a lot of different perspectives. Um, like as people in the industry, you know, elite mindset, mental health, you know, how are we, you are the thoughts, like your thoughts you become. And so that really was a good one about like strategically, um, how you can be the best version of yourself like we talked about and then obviously julie's book is on my list i'm ordering it 100 another one i just ordered from amazon white fragility and so i'm really um i want to get into that one because that is something that is huge i need to be more educated and so how i use my platform is really big on that so i'm really excited for that one Great questions, great answers. Definitely some awesome books for us to look into. Um, and thanks for the plug for uh, your former guest. Uh, we'll go. We'll go, ladies first. Justin, I'm gonna come to you next. We'll go, uh, Coach Tandy. And congratulations, round of applause for the room. Coach Tandy has some good news. I'll let her share it, but good news. Thank you. Thank you. I won't share it just yet, but I will share it uh, very, 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 very soon. But thank you. A lot of people do know that something has happened. We'll say what later. But let me just start by saying this. I think that it's so important um, that you have these two young stars on because, as Aaron mentioned, it is so important that young women especially have allies that are men. And so with Rising Coaches and Coach Burden, what you guys are doing, giving them this platform is huge. It, there should be 100 people on here um, because these are the ADs. These are the SWAs that are going to be in hiring some of the people who are in Rising Coaches in other places. These young women 
their their journeys have been marked by so much adversity and perseverance through adversity, which we all know is preparation for something great in their path. I have been able to have a window, small window to Aaron's journey. And I'm just telling you, when you, when you see um, somebody get their dream scholarship and have that tons of adversity that she had to endure and then transfer to her dream place and then seize an ending injury, um, graduate, be a part of different programs, but not really have a footing, um, trying to keep her faith going. This is a tough business. This business is tough. Um, and so I'm just so proud of the young women that are coming up after us um, because I know that there are young women who need an Ashton and an Aaron in their coaching rooms. Um, I love that Ashton is with the men's side, but I know also that there are young women who will need you as they go through their journey. So I'm so proud of the both of you. I, I can't say it enough. I, I've been watching you guys and I'm just very proud of the future of our game. Here's my question for both of you. Both of you are very spiritually um, grounded. And I'm asking this personally because I want to learn from you. Um, how have you in this business been challenged spiritually, if you will share? And what did you do to get through those moments where you're, where who you are as a, as a faith-filled person has been challenged? How did you get through that? Um, for me, Obviously, Coach Tandy, like you came in at the the perfect time for me at Evansville. It was not um, I, I wasn't a great person. I wasn't being treated great. And I was like a direct reflection of that. Um, and I think from there, that's when I knew that I needed to um, fight for myself and to understand myself and who God created me to be much better. Um but I think the biggest thing is I'm like a control person. I love being organized and in controlling things and having control. And I think that is somewhat of like a scary situation and something that a lot of coaches, like that's one of their main, um, like they, they control the situation and they control their teams and they control attitudes and things like that. Um, for me, for me to be able to know how to react and to know that what's going to be the first thing out of my mouth or in a hard situation is going to be, um, you know, Lord first and direct reflection of, um, you know, my relationship with Jesus and things like that is just like fighting for the moments to just be in his presence, um, and to sit there and things like that. But I think the, the one word that just keeps flashing in my head is to be brave. Um, I feel like I, am fear driven a lot. I think by my experience, I've seen like just all of the, you know, kind of worst case scenarios. And so for me, um, being brave and stepping out and, and just really not knowing, uh, what's going to happen, but, but being brave in who I am and being brave and knowing that I'm a child of God first and, understanding that other people might not know people, you know, at one point I had no idea. I was, I was like grown and had no idea. Um, and so I think just meeting people where they are and being brave to have conversations and to not necessarily, you know, give them a hug, but to know that like their Lord and savior is hugging them and holding them tight and things like that. So definitely just, just being brave and, and not, not succumbing to my environment. I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, 
just not, you know, not just, you know, being who I am, like being the light, like being, you know, the, the time that I spend with Jesus, letting that, you know, translate directly into my day. Mic drop. <laughs> Killed it, man. That was, that, I was a, that was a big time mic drop right there. That was I like a mamba out. <laughs> Coach Candy was a part of all of that, though. She was the she was my light when I needed it, and I just know how important that was during that time. Not, I didn't know how important it was during that time, but like looking back, I was like so cringy. I was like, oh my gosh, what? And she was my light. And so I know somebody needs a light all the time. And I was like, my darkness is over for now. So let me be the light because it was really important. I definitely was at a crossroads in my life of like being a really, really, really good person or being a really, really terrible person. So yes. <laughs> so shout out to Coach Tandy for helping put up. Put absolutely. Up absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I have to follow up? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, for me, I think that like, obviously I got baptized back in December and, you know, I went through a lot of adversity before I got to KU, but that didn't, that adversity didn't stop when I got to KU. It was still evident in my life. And so, um, for me, vulnerability was huge and that transformed and kind of really like was on the fast track to growth was from vulnerability. And I think, you know, before I came to KU, um, you know, I would go to church sometimes, you know, Sunday and on Wednesday. But like when I found out at KU that like the people that were the church, you know, the body cared more about you than just showing up for these events and just showing up to church. Like, the, no, they want to know you're dark, like Aaron said. And if you I think something I learned, if you think it needs to be in the dark, it definitely needs to be in the light. And like that's where you grow. And so for me, that has been huge. And I really think like when I gave my life to Christ back in December, like my bad didn't stop, but now I get to walk with him and he's, you know, I'm giving it up to him daily. You know, it says, take up your cross daily. And so that's what I'm doing. And, you know, we had a, we had a guest on um, a few weeks ago, Lauren Johnson. And she said, you know, prayer is my first response and not my last resort. And let me tell you, my life has changed so much when I started praying more like good or bad than trying to do it on my own, because you cannot do it on your own. It's chaotic. It's, stressful, you know, you get anxious, you know, depression, like everything bad, like when you try to do it on your own. And so for me, like I got out of that adversity and I got out of that, um, you know, that spot by my community and by being vulnerable and like sharing stuff that you really don't want to share. You want to keep it in. But once you, it's like change break, literally like a visual of change breaking, like that happens. And so for me, that was really big. And so I think it's just like embracing failure too. And like understanding like, Hey, we're all human. We're all broken, but we've got a savior. That's perfect. And he's, he's already done it for us. Like we just have to give up our cross to him. Like his grace and his love is like unmatchable and it's never ending. And so just remembering that and knowing that um, has been really good for me. Yeah. Powerful question. Even better answers. Um, if, if you didn't know why before, uh, we, I just had to have these young ladies as the first women on our show. Uh, now, you know, um, just, I've said this to both of them. Uh, I appreciate it so much. So I have two daughters. My wife is also a coach, but my daughters are already athletes because of their 
because of their mom, not because of their dad. Um, their mom was a two-sport athlete at Colgate and has records in both and will be in the Hall of Fame this year, next year, or sometime soon. So uh, she won a low league World Series in 1997. She's just, a, she has it, you know. And so my daughters and my wife is one of those people similar to you ladies as uh, a world changer and just, uh, you know, I'm going to figure out how to make break barriers. Um, she's a minority. She's mixed with Costa Rican and white. So she's just like, I'm going to break barriers. I'm going to make a way even when there's no way. And uh, I see that in my daughters but they're going to need people outside of their mom to look up to. So I've always, uh, you know, I think the light that you both shine is so obvious. You never even have to say it, but now it's cool to hear more of the story for everybody. But I think even more so just kind of like what coach Tandy said, you're empowering so many women behind you, uh, whether big or small or coaches that are older than you and may have accomplished certain things. And uh, even young people, I know you probably don't think of it that way, but uh, love, love, love to, to to hear the inside story. So I think Justin had a question, and then we'll get back to a few more questions about women in sports and have a few more questions from the audience, and then uh, let everybody go back to whatever they have going on in their lives. <laughs> 